That's what everyone said. But not long after I moved in, Nathan started turning up with a bottle every few weeks, and we'd sit out here on the porch, or coolish days, inside by the fire, passing the bottle wordlessly back and forth till it was gone. I went in to get glasses, poured us both tall soldiers, and handed his across. He held it up to the light, sipped, sighed. Been meaning to get up this way and say hello, he said. Things keep shouldering in, though. I figured it could wait. Not like either of us was going anywhere. That was it for some time. We sat watching squirrels climb trees and leap between them. I'd nailed an old rusted pan onto the pecan tree and kept it filled with pecans for them. From time to time, one or the other of us reached out to pour a freshener. Nothing much else moved. Up here, you're never far away from knowing that time's an illusion, a lie. We were into the last couple of inches of the bottle when he spoke again. Hunt? I shook my head. Did my share of it as a boy. I think that may have been the only thing my old man loved. Game on the table most days. Deer, rabbit, squirrel, quail, and dove. Be begging people to take some. He never used anything but a twenty-two. Gone now? When I was twelve. Mine too. I went in and made coffee, heated up stew from a couple of days back. When I returned to the porch with two bowls, dark had gone halfway up the trees and the sounds around us had changed. Insects throbbed and thrummed. Frogs down by the lake sang out with that hollow, aching sound they have. Coffee to follow, I told him, unless you want it now. After's fine. We sat over our stew. I'd balanced a thick slab of bread on each bowl for dunking. Since I'd baked the bread almost a week before and it was going hard on stale, that worked just fine. So for a time we spooned, slurped, dunked, and licked. Dribbles ran down shirt fronts and chins. I took in the bowls, brought out coffee. Ever been much inclined to pry into a man's business? Steam from the cups rose about our faces. While you're here, where you're from, all that. Folks do pay me to keep track of what's going on in these parts, though. Like a lot of things in life, striking a balance is the secret to it. Frogs had given up, paired by now, shut out by darkness, resigned to spending their evening or life alone. Time for mosquitoes to take over and they swarmed about us. I went in to replenish our coffee, and returning, told him, No great secret to it. I was a cop. Spent eleven years in prison. Spent a few more years as a productive citizen. Then retired and came here. No reason things have to get more complicated than that. He nodded. Always do, though. It's in our nature. I watched as the mosquito lit on the back of my hand, squatted a moment, and flew away. A machine, really. Uncomplicated, designed and set in motion to perform its single function perfectly. Can I do something for you, Sheriff? He held up his cup. Great coffee. Bring a pot of water to a boil, take it off the fire, and throw in coffee. Cover and let sit. That simple. I nodded. 
He took another sip and looked about. Peaceful out here, isn't it? Not really. An owl flew by, feet and tail of its prey, a rodent of some sort, dangling. Tell the truth, I kind of hoped I might be able to persuade you to help me. With a murder. Chapter Two Life, someone said, is what happens while we're waiting around for other things to happen that never do. Amen, as Brother Douglas would have said, hoisting his Bible like a sword and brandishing it there, framed by stained-glass windows depicting the parable of the talents, Mary Magdalene at the tomb, the Assumption. Back then and back home, there among Kudzu in the westward cup of Crowley's Ridge, and eastward levees built to keep the river out, I'd been a